Welcome to Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. Join me, your host Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Greetings all, festive greetings, happy winter fest and every PC welcome under the sun and make yourselves comfortable here at Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your Paul all of the time. I am of course your host Sam Wiles and today we are essentially catching up with our schoolwork like the dutiful little dorks that we are by closing the chapter on my initial thoughts for Egypt Station. But wait, I hear you ask, didn't you already do an initial thoughts kind of reaction podcast episode for Egypt Station? Well, yes I did. Three, in fact, uh, technically one where where I did uh, come on to me and I don't know, one for Fur You, and then one for the whole freaking album. So why are we here today? Ooh, 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 here today. Well, despite my best effort, uh, folks, when I went to my local HMV, the vendors who proudly boasted that they would be the exclusive retailer of the deluxe Egypt Station album kind of let me down. I searched head to toe on release day, only found a couple of the standard vinyls at best, all of which just contained the standard 16 slash 18 songs. This meant I was without the two bonus tracks. Don't get me wrong, I was still grateful and happy with my purchase, but you folks being Paul McCartney fans must also know that we are kind of like vampires, you know, we will, we will never be truly sated and the thirst is ever eternal. Fortunately for me, a very kind fan out there on the Twitter, a user by the name of Savoy Truffle 99 very cool name there, he sent me a very, very handy Google Doc file that contained the two songs. It linked me to two files, one for Get It Started and the other for Nothing For Free. Remind me. Now, for those of you keeping up with the official McCartney archive release uh, schedule, whereby they're going back and re-releasing all of Macca's old albums with all sorts of new shit added to each release as bonus material, then you'll know that two bonus songs is hardly anything for a Macca album. And being said person, you are likely to remember slash know that McCartney said there was a whole other album's worth of songs demoed slash recorded slash tinkered about during the Egypt Station sessions with Greg Kurtzman. So, is it that Paul and Capital are holding back these kind of like demos for like a future re-release of Egypt Station, an archive edition of Egypt Station, maybe in 10 years? Or is it Paul holding these songs back just for another couple of years to be optional tracks for his next inevitable album? Who, Who knows? But two songs though, eh? Between the normal and, and the special editions, the difference is two tracks. Mm. It'll do, I guess. And whilst now I'm questioning whether I, I'm actually kind of happier not to have these two songs on my copy of the album, spoiler alert, at this time, as a ravenous McCartney fan, I will take what I can get. It was enough anyway to last me till the reissues of Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway came out anyway. More about those two albums in another episode that I will have to put out as soon as possible, I am sure, as I have a lot to say about both of them. Cough, 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 cough. As you may remember from my initial reaction episode to Egypt Station, you know, the one that took far too long to come out, that despite buying the album, first thing I will say, yes, these really are just, I'm doing the thing, the bunny ears with my fingers, bonus tracks. There was never any point in either of these songs where I felt that these were going to be the new blue sway 
or check my machine in terms of the best unofficial Maca releases or anything. But in terms of cold cuts and tracks left on the cutting room floor, they'll do, again, they'll do, but they're just not on the same level as those classics. And that's not to say that they're both bad, just maybe that one of them's bad. Which is a shame, really, because thus far, whether due to my own biases or just the sheer quality of Maca, I haven't been able to call any song on the official release of Egypt Station as of yet bad. And now, if we count the deluxe edition of Egypt Station, that might now be in question. Thematically, though, both songs are consistent with the rest of Egypt Station, in that it's just more of Egypt Station. I'm glad they exist in the way that I'm glad that all parts of Macca's process are commercially available, but I can see why they were not officially incorporated into the canon story. They weren't welcomed into the fold, the official journey that was Egypt Station, and were instead tacked on the end as a literal bonus. It's already a massive, almost double-ish kind of album, and to overstuff it any further may result in the album losing its quintessential carefree, come-along-for-the-ride kind of nature and you would want to start getting off earlier at an earlier stop, which isn't what Egypt Station was all about. I love the ride from start to finish. To me, I really can't see where the songs would have gone onto the actual track listing of Egypt Station without spoiling the balance of the album as a whole. So therefore, these bonus tracks are more like the appendices to J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings more than anything. Maybe they give us a little more context as to what Egypt Station was, but it's not the Egypt Station story. They really do feel somewhat redundant as pieces simply tacked onto the end of what was a very complete album. Because especially when you had the double hitter of Station 2 and the closing medley, it, it just feels so self-contained like this perfect little Egypt Station bubble. And then you have these two that do feel somewhat like unwelcome guests, in my opinion. Uh, I probably would have preferred to have seen these songs be released, like I say, on some sort of future Egypt Station release. I am also very aware that my feelings in this instant are probably based heavily on my already strong connection with the album. And then I can't help but just feel, you know, why try to improve what isn't broken, yada yada yada. But since these songs are kind of just meant to be icing on the cake, I guess, for us fans, and don't necessarily count towards my overall opinion of Egypt Station proper, I don't feel like I need to be exactly as harsh on the material. Although, there is this other ever-present part of me that cannot help but ask why this material, if it was good enough, wasn't just included in the first place. Or, like I say, wasn't just held back for some sort of future McCartney release. We actually experienced Paul releasing a double A side with this album, and maybe with, like, Fur You and Who Cares, we could have had these two songs appear as kooky little B-sides for those actual vinyl single releases. That could have been something fun, perhaps. But no, we just get this weird little extra edition of the album, because there were about 55 different fucking releases of Egypt Station. There were colour releases, deluxe edition, deluxe colour releases, releases that were upside down with, with extra tracks, with missing tracks. I'm sure there must have been a few misprints that'll be popping up on bootleg sites in the future as well. But yeah, it just feels very uh, unneeded. And I'm sure that when we do get an inevitable Egypt Station archive re-release in 10 or 15 years, that the extra songs that we will see from these sessions will probably be more interesting than these two. But that's just my opinion. As I kind of touched on earlier, both being a McCartney fan and being a guy who 
makes Paul McCartney content, quote-unquote content, it is admittedly very cool to have what is essentially extra access to the studio sessions to see what other soundscapes that Paul might have been tinkering with and, importantly, what music he considers only worthy of bonus material. So we get two kind of insights into how Paul's mind works in that way. You know, with these two songs, we're definitely going to see sounds that both are on Egypt Station in spades. You know, these songs, like I say, do sound like they are definitely from this album, but they both also feature sounds that were not on the, the rest of Egypt Station, and it does show that Paul was definitely trying to keep things fresh, try to keep experimenting, and more importantly, t- trying to keep one step ahead of his audience, which is, like I say, pure McCartney. And that's probably why Egypt Station does just feel so effortlessly like a classic Paul McCartney album right out of the gate. But again, whilst you listen to them, you do have to think, you do have to ask yourself, what was it about these two songs in particular that meant that Paul just wasn't confident enough to stick it on the album major proper alpha? I mean, if you disagree, if you think that these tracks would fit rather snugly onto the carriages of Egypt Station, then please drop us an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com and let us know where you would place these songs on the album. What track number would you put these songs in? Do you like them tacked onto the end or do you feel like they would slot somewhere better onto the actual Egypt Station album? Again, I would love to know your thoughts on Egypt Station in general, but particularly for this episode on these two songs. So again, email me your thoughts and your Paul McCartney stories to paulmccartneypod at gmail.com or hit me up on the Twitter at McCartneyPod. The Twitter is the best way to get a quick message in to me and is the primo way to keep up to date with the show as well as see me try and attempt a twitter presence i'm sure that i'll be doing a get it started versus nothing for free poll that i'm sure i'll be very excited to see the results of but yeah find us on facebook and youtube also simply by typing in paul or nothing or paul mccartney podcast check out the blog the sister blog which is at www.paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com that's www.paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com where you can find a wide variety of bonus and extra articles about Paul and around Paul, plus some kind of Beatles content as well. Kind of breaking the rules there. Basically, anything and everything that couldn't be or is yet to be an episode can be found on there. There's loads of exclusive content that you can't get on here or, you know, you will only be able to get there early. Check it out. There's a lot of good shit. That's www.paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. And finally, check us out on our Patreon. That's the best way to help keep the lights running, help keep the show on the air for free. We never want any ads on Paul or nothing. I'm sure if you listen to podcasts, you know what Patreon is. If you want to help support the show and get access early to episodes, then simply follow us on our link in the description below. And that is patreon.com slash McCartney pod. But yeah, I think it's time that we actually finally gave Egypt Station the coup de grace that it deserves. The content for Egypt Station has been much belated, so I think we should get through it. And I can hear all of you just screaming, just get on with it. So, and I say this with big quotation marks in the air and a heavily sarcastic heart. Let us look at the bonus songs of Egypt Station. Get started. The first of our two songs on this episode to get us started, funnily enough, is called Get Started. And it does feel somewhat ironic that a song called Get Started would ultimately be left off the standard commercial release of the album. Kind of, maybe, I don't know. This is track number 17 from Egypt Station. Let's see where the tracks lead us then, eh? Look at 
I know I'm supposed to have gone through this mm, character arc, as it were, whereby I was very standoffish for, at Egypt Station at the start, and I've slowly grown to warm to it and understand what the album was going for and appreciate it for what it is. And I know I was meant to be going into both of these tracks with lowered expectations, with an open mind. And I also know that I ultimately like to tease my final opinion until at least halfway through one of my rambling reviews. But I'm just going to come right out and say that I'm really not feeling much warmth towards this song. Like, at all. I mean, it doesn't sound bad or anything. There's, no, there's nothing grossly offensive or stupid about it. It's not particularly indulgent, not particularly weird or saccharine slash, or saccharine slash sentimental. There's really not much of anything to remember at all, really. If it were on the album, it would easily be listed amongst the worst of what was on offer. Like, I really would say I'm sorry here, people, but I, sadly for you, I'm not. I really can see why this was more or less left on the cutting room floor as a hot hit slash cold cut. I think what ultimately stops me from enjoying this song as much as I could have is that it seems to do the one thing that the rest of Egypt Station managed not to do and that was to harken back and homage the McCartney of a bygone era without feeling too stale or flat or too repetitive. So yeah, you know, we have another 2018 Macca track that deliberately feels like it's trying to ape off a pre-established familiar McCartney sound to milk our swollen nostalgia glands, though this time it's a little harder to pinpoint the exact sound that he's kind of aping off. For example, its poppy acoustic sound reminds me of things like Presta Play and Flowers in the Dirt, but the electric guitar is obviously a direct callback to classic mid-60s Beatles, things like I Feel Fine, Rubber Soul, the kind of revolvery type sound. Obviously, McCartney's lyrics don't matter as much here. They are either incidental or timeless, depending on your point of view, and here is no exception. But I couldn't help but notice that this poppy rocker on top of feeling incredibly unneeded committed the cardinal sin of Egypt Station and that was to give off a impression that we'd all been there done that got the t-shirt heard it all before like for an album that felt so fresh this is actually quite shocking though for those of you who think that Get It Started would have nothing to offer the album at all well I'm not going to be completely cruel on the contrary if it had been included on the album proper it would have had, you know, and technically it kind of still does, have what could only be described as the single heaviest moment on Egypt Station, as the breakdown towards the end of the song, that again, comes out of fucking nowhere, has Paul go full on helter-skelter and screams us for another few bars of the song with this insanely dirgy, grimy guitar sound. And the sad thing is, and this is something we're going to see in the next song as well, that this little moment is, is easily the best part of the song and it makes me wonder why this section, which is so obviously better than the others, wasn't just expanded and the direction wasn't pushed that way. Like, if he had focused on that, it could have been a classic, fantastically different latter period McCartney song. But instead, it just appears as a little more of a closing cameo to give the song a little more oomph and make you forget about how bland and forgettable it was. Like I said, on an album as diverse and as memorable and as confident as Egypt Station is, when you hear something like this where only the most interesting part of this a little rocky number is the fact that there's a kind of little quasi-proto-metal sequence right at the end of it is the only thing to keep it going, uh, it, it just doesn't cut the mustard. Nothing for free. 
Finally, we move on to the second song that does not exist on the general release of Egypt Station, aka it's not on my vinyl release, nor is it on my Spotify for some reason. And it is, what with being the last song on a moderately interesting album and all, is the song with the most to prove to justify its own existence. So, no pressure, eh? The final song is called Nothing For Free. This song is an awkward one for me though, because I thought that by now I kind of knew my audience somewhat, maybe I could predict the outcomes of certain songs, but as I saw with Dominoes on Egypt Station proper, you know, best laid plans and all that, it didn't go the way I predicted. When I put it out on the Twitter a couple of days ago as to what people's general thoughts on the two bonus tracks for Egypt Station were, this song not only had the strongest response, had the most conversation going around it, but it was also the most overwhelmingly positive response which is going to make the rest of this review a little bit awkward for me because I actually didn't like it very much at all, really. Not sure what it says about me, the guy behind the mic, and you, the audience, but I guess we will see over time how this song is accepted into the McCartney fan base. Maybe I've just got this one wrong. Maybe, you know, with both these songs, I've been a little bit too harsh. Maybe I just don't get it. But the thing is, with the rest of Egypt Station, most of my opinions were pretty instant. You know, I, I, I either connected with the songs or I really kind of didn't. And then, like I say, with songs with Dominoes, even though I didn't like it at first, I did warm to it quite quickly. But with these two songs, I really had to play them a couple of times just to kind of get my basic impression of them. There really wasn't anything special or standout here. This, And I'm not saying this is the bottom of the McCartney barrel. Trust me, I know what that looks like. But I'm really struggling to connect with the material here. Because what Nothing For Free was seemingly trying to be was a possible club slash dance hit for Egypt Station, which is an, a novel idea if that's what it was going for. But I thought we, we already kind of proved that it's probably better for Paul to vent his club slash dance itch through projects like The Firemen or Twin Freaks or something. The only reason I bring up those projects is that they were just done so fucking well and they still feel fresh to this day. But unlike anything else on Egypt Station, nothing for free is the only song that feels slightly past its due-by date. Like, I'm not saying it's even missed the mark by that much or anything, but there's just something about it that feels a little bit dated, a little 2011, and at worst, in those acoustic segments, we have this blend of those generic jump-up-and-down 90s I beat the Magaluf Club hits, and then when it's all tied together with that modern Egypt Station Coldplay pop aesthetic, it just feels very cobbled together and very confused and I feel very bored and irked that I have to keep playing the track over and over because like I say, I, I really didn't get it. I guess I can understand people who kind of feel like, yeah, it's just one of those tracks that's all right to have on in the background on shuffle. But the moment you turn it off, it really does become instantly forgettable. Personally, I would argue that most of the songs that Paul writes really are quite timeless and that a producer can make or break a McCartney song if he alters too much or relents to McCartney's sensibilities too much on the other end. And with Nothing For Free, we do not have the stalwart, tried and tested majority producer of Egypt Station, Greg Kirsten. Shout out to that guy. No, it's the same fellow who produced Fur You, the only song not produced by Kirsten on the final record. This gent's name is, of course, Ryan Tedder, who, in all honesty, knocked it out of the fucking park with Fur You, one of the best tracks on the album, and it was one of the songs that I honestly had the most fun singing along to and jumping around to when Paul played it live when I saw him on December 16th. It's a cracking live tune. 
but it's clear to me rather immediately as to why his second Paul McCartney partnership project didn't quite make the cut and was not officially immortalised on Egypt Station proper. Arguably one of the biggest and most immediately apparent issues with the song is that the unique blend of Maccaisms and Tedder's approximations of modern pop sensibilities simply do not mash in the way that they did on For You. And again, for me, the disconnect between Paul and the song he's in makes for a very uneasy listen indeed, as I don't quite know who to pin it all on. But really, either one of them should have spotted that this just doesn't work, regardless of whether it's a good song or not. I'm sorry people, perhaps I'm being too harsh on Mr. Tedder. Though it was clear that he was going to get, you know, get on my bad side even from the first run, because Tedder does one of the... Oh, it's so annoying. For some reason, he chooses to contain a snippet, a sample, if you will, of Paul's notoriously irksome... Yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah! Crowd interaction stick, and he mixes it into the track, and the moment I heard that, I just thought, right, I can write this one off right away. With most of Egypt Station, it's still a bit too early to fully judge what songs are or aren't going to be forgettable or unforgettable. But I know, and you can call this rambunctious gumption or burgeoning critical wit, that this song is most certainly not going to be anything more than an interesting footnote of, oh, there were some bonus tracks on the initial release for Egypt Station. That's quite interesting. And that's it. Egypt Station, for me, cough, in my own personal experience, cough. It just, it's just full of standout moments, isn't it? Moments of flair, moments of true genius, if you will. And then, when I listen to this track, I get the same feeling I get when I have to listen to some of the B-sides from the Pipes of Peace era. You know, I'm just sitting through it for the fact that I'm a content creator and a true completionist. Without trying to be too self-deprecating, but I can be known as a guy who may eschew certain technical merits or craftsmanship if the beat is good enough. And, you know, you would think that with a song like Nothing For Free, a song that, in all fairness, does have that driving rhythm, and yet, except for those little nostalgic acoustic parts that make me think of things like Room 5 and Stardust, I just couldn't help but feel nothing. And I know it sounds like I'm picking on an easy target for it not being an official song, but it's not an official song for a reason. In a shocking turn of events, though, uh, I do have to say that rather like the last song, Get Started. There was one element of this track that I did find quite endearing, and that was how the vocals increasingly just got stranger as the song progressed. The song starts off with quite a standard late-era Macca vocal that actually got me quite worried that this song was going to be very cheesy indeed, like Paul's single for Destiny or Meat Free Mondays or something like that. And then, as it goes on, this cornucopia of silly McCartney 2-esque voices just eke out onto the track and it does sate me somewhat with just all the whoops and loops and distortions that a guy like me could ever want. And quite interestingly, there is no set pattern from here on out either. The vocal doesn't really have like a hook or a main chorus and he just carries on singing and it gets hilariously odder from there. And you know, I'm always partial to a bit of strange McCartney, though these kind words may just be yeah, a result of the fact that I was quite oxygen-starved of any McCartney 2 content on Egypt Station. Because whilst this is moderately interesting, like I say, the rest of the song just lets it down like the best friend at another friend's wedding. <sighs> Not good. My final thoughts on these two songs for Egypt Station. I really do wish I had more to say. I wish I had more positive things to say as well. You know, they are there, they are square, get used to it. And, you know... 
as a Macca fan, I will eat up anything that this man offers me on a plate like one of those pigs from Spirited Away. But that doesn't mean what's going to be put in the trough is nutritious or good for me in any way. I'm not even sure if these two releases are good for Macca. All that these two songs do are offer two little moments where I go, oh, that's kind of cool. And then just songs that exist essentially just to show a different side of Paul rather than showcase decent songs. I think these two songs not being included on the proper final version of Egypt Station was a wise move. The album is stronger as a product to not have these two songs on. It's not like any of the other McCartney releases where I'm like, ah, oh, I really wish they would have put that bonus song on and taken this song off. It just would have felt like watering down the beer and... I really don't think I could have taken anything off Egypt Station to put either of these two tracks on. It simply doesn't work that way. Again, I d honestly, I did try and go in with an open mind. You know I did for the rest of Egypt Station. And even with the rosiest of tinted glasses and the most nostalgic goggles I could possibly be wearing, there was just nothing that connected with me on a meaningful level at all. So yeah, I don't think that that's going to be the general consensus for these two songs, especially for Nothing For Free. I know a lot of you out there are big fans of Nothing For Free with that kind of 90s Ibiza McCartney beat. I'm really sorry if I've offended any views out there. I don't think my my uh, reviews here are as shocking as my initial reviews for Quantum Me and I Don't Know. But hey, I'll be waiting to see what you all say out there. Like, like I say, get involved in the conversation. Let me know what you think of the bonus tracks from this album by dropping us an email at paulmcconneypod at gmail.com or dropping us a message on Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod. I'll be keeping this one brief, though it is good to be back. I feel great putting out content for you guys again. I'm sure Denny Lane is already playing us out by now. Keep listening to Paul. Keep listening to the podcast. Peace and love, peace and love. Play us out, Denny.